With us today on Designer's Corner is David Twitzi. He is the designer of Anachrony along with some other games. David, how are you doing tonight? Very good, thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you've kind of you've kind of seen my name on social media a little bit. I'm pre- I think every time that someone asks about new games or games that are in the top 100 or solo games to play, my response is always anachrony. Um, and, I mean, thank it's you just, very much for that. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Um, so just just getting into it, what what was your inspiration behind Anachrony? Where did where did the idea for time travel and the the multi tiered worker placement come from? Uh, mechanically, uh, well, I'm, first of all, I'm a very late comer to the board gamer scene. I think uh, I started in my late university years by Battlestar Galactica, and then one day went down to my friend local shop and like. So what's this worker placement thing I've been hearing about? And I think my first two games that that were like, whoa, this is something entirely different, was the Manhattan Project and then Tolkien. Oh, okay. And 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 looking back at it, I can definitely see how it seemed like a logical idea to progress from there. And then obviously many many other things happened later, which is why now the game is nothing like either one of those. Uh, thematically, it was always a time travel game. At the time in late 2012, it was just before I left my home country, so I was still physically in the same place as my with my redacted co-designer uh, Mihai Vince, and we were and redacted was his idea, which we then run with together and after that it was like natural that whenever either of us had uh, uh, an idea is like we, we, we would talk to the other and I, I I, for the life of mine I can't remember which one of us said let's make a time travel game but we got back X weeks later saying alright what, what time travel game should we make and he proposed a dungeon crawler like puzzle game where you have to meet yourself and press the other side of the, the the button on the other side of the room to let yourself out of the problem kind of you know high five your your past self and let him run forward kind of thing and i proposed uh you have to use your future workers to build the time travel time machine in the past which you then use to send the stuff back to the past to build said time machine so for me, it was always an economical closed loop simulated through uh, a, a worker placement game. And and I had many bad ideas until I got to one which was good enough to be played, but not good enough to be good. And then from then on, it was lots of lots of iteration and figuring out what's the one thing I need to keep and tossing everything else out. I think... Out of the first playable game to today's game, probably nothing survived. But from the second iteration onward, the the three tiered, uh, the 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 three special workers plus the genius, I think that that was one of the fairly early ideas. And then the big breakthrough was when I realized that uh, uh, time turning can be modeled uh, via uh, negative interest bank loans, and then. I just had to make it into a game once I had the mathematics laid out. 
Okay. Yeah, I never, I never really thought about it as a negative interest bank loan, but now that you say that, it it, make, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Lots of people asked on BGG, did I paste a theme on bank loans? And no, it was always a time travel game, but for initially it was a betting game where it was like, okay, so this portal opens from the seventh round and I receive these stuff. And then as the seventh round came closer and closer, everybody was like, oh, we need to block that guy from taking the time machine action on the seventh round. Uh, so you could choose and take it in the sixth round and suffer a small penalty. But if you didn't send it back by the end of the seventh, then you suffered a large penalty. Right. But the problem was that the overhead worrying of when to do what turned into this whole scripted uh, thing that if you made one misstep or uh, and 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 be and to and this whole prediction to make sense, I needed to have a lot of rounds. So the game was insanely stupidly long and and it just kept growing and growing and until uh, one friend of mine said hey why do you need us you're the only one who understands what's happening anyway so so i was like okay then that means it's not a good game and and i i think the next bit of inspiration came from race for the galaxy i was like no way somebody can make this complicated game out of 12 cards What if instead of building 14 different components into my time machine, I would just have cards that convert one thing into another and we play until somebody built six of those cards. And, and, and basically the game went down to a fifth of its size oh, wow. and I started building back from there. And, and that game wasn't a particularly interesting game, but it was mechanically very smooth and all the core ideas of the final Anachrony game were already in it. Okay. Was, and, and, yeah. Was um, Anachrony always the title that you had planned on no, with this game? No, it was Paradox Factory. Paradox Factory, okay. Uh, because uh, my original theme was, because the theme is, is all Mind Clash, and they're very good at that. Uh, so my original theme was that you're a startup company uh, trying to sell various inventions, but the only invention that works is your time machine. So you're <laughs> you're you're faking it by by taking externs to to build the the invention that you claim to have already invented and send it back and sell it. All right, that's yeah, that's cool. So I I do have to say I I do like the name Anachrony more. Oh, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. than Paradox the, the, Factory. That's 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 the, the the difference between a designer a, a designed game and a developed game. So so when I handed the game over to Mindclash, the workers were in it. The the warping worked exactly like it works in the current one. Uh, well, like ninety percent like that in the current one. Uh, the costs of the buildings were on the buildings. Okay. And uh, and the whole game was symmetrical, and and they're probably what I think they're like mechanically. Obviously, presentation and and theme they did wonders. I'm not gonna mention all of those, but mechanically, uh, their two biggest contributions was uh, uh, moving the price of the building from the building to the board, because okay. mm-hmm. that turned it into an engine building game. Right. Before that, it was a tableau building game where you picked which cards to put into your tableau, and everybody put six cards into their tableau by the end of the game. Whereas now, it's you put as much as you want, but which one you put at which time depend, decides how efficient it is. 
So that, that that was something that I immediately came on board and, and for the next X iterations, I was designing along those lines as well. And then the other one, which, which really shows their thematic brilliance, which is why I really like working with them, is that the way I did the action counting originally, this we're talking about 2014 here or 2015, I don't remember what the years look the same, is that you had six meeples so you can visualize it i call them action tokens you had six meeples you started every round with three of them so this is like the uh the the, the three exosuits you get in the first yeah, four yeah, or eight but, okay but, but 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 wait how they got the connection and which 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 is what made me fall, fall in love with the theme the, so what i said was you have these three action tokens if you take an action token on the board then if it's a main action, then you send out a worker with it and do the action. If it's a passing action, then you don't have to send out the worker and you get some money or free resource, which is basically, yeah. And if you take an action on your tableau, then all the buildings on your tableau says plus one action. So you took one of your action tokens and your worker, you put it on your building, and then you got one of the, the remaining three action tokens so that the remaining action tokens didn't change. And they were like, that's fine, but thematically it means nothing. Why why am I gaining an action token? What is an action token? And that's when they presented the exosuit idea. And and they said instead of starting with three exosuits and you recharge it if you go to your base, why not decide at the beginning of the game, the beginning of the round, how many exosuits you're gonna send out? Does have a little pre-planning phase? They love pre-planning. And uh, and uh, instead of having passing actions where you don't have to place a worker to get money, for every exosuit that you don't use, you get money. And mathematically, it does almost exactly what my original very well-tested and very solid concept did, but makes it make so much more thematic sense that it's, it's, it's a better thing to explain to people. Right. Unless, of course, you're... Uh... Side B of the path of domination, right? They don't get any. They don't get any water. Yes, the the the, the B sides are all, all all their designs. I'm I'm a symmetrical player, so oh, which is so, which is what, so which you, is why we ended up the sharing the the credit because they did design thirty five percent of the game at least. Oh wow! It, so maybe maybe more, but so, but that, that's because my original game was a lot smaller, and they wanted to beef it up to this epic awesomeness of awesomeness that it ended up being. That, yeah, it certainly is. Um, so you said you prefer side A over side B. I personally like. I don't think side B is weaker or worse. I pre- I personally prefer playing a symmetrical game. Like, I don't particularly enjoy games where you have to figure out what your side is best at and do that. Okay. And uh, to give a few examples, I would name uh, Cthulhu Wars or Terra Mystica or maybe even Eclipse if you mix in enough expansions. Uh, And these are all very good games, and I don't like playing them, and I admit that the problem is with me. Sure. So how um how do you go about deciding um which uh which uh, clan you want to be which faction you want to be when you have to pick a uh, a leader who has different evacuation conditions? Well, for me it's easy. I always play yellow. 
So by, <laughs> okay. by default, it would be progress, but okay. uh, but because they changed the colors during development, I was originally Salvation. I was the crazy time travel guy. Okay, so so the path of progress is your is your go to when you play these days. No, no, the, the oh. salvation. Is. Oh, salvation is okay. Because originally that was the yellow one, <laughs> because uh, because that was my favorite one at the time, so I made that the yellow one because I always play yellow. <laughs> and I... then during development, they somehow some I don't remember why or when, but they swapped the colors, and I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> cool. But so yeah, it's 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 certainly a different thing to have preference about a game where. I made it happen, but but the nice thing is that this is truly a collaborative effort, and if I got it published with any other publisher, it would have lo- looked entirely different game. Well, I'm I, I'm sure I speak for a lot of people when I say that yes. I'm glad you went with Mind Clash. Me too. Me, yeah. I'm very. Which is why I'm gonna go with Mind Clash at least once every few years when I have something, let's just say Mind Clash worthy, and 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 next year I will have one. So. What's uh so I I'm gonna I'm I of course you know I'm gonna ask what is what is your next Mind Clash worthy project that you uh, that you're working on? Well, I have a actually this year 2018. Yeah, anything that's after Essen I call this year always. Sorry. Sure, that's fine. Bad, bad habit. Uh, so basically this year I'm gonna have two projects with uh, with Mind Clash. I don't know whether they plan to have one out by Essen and the other one kickstart after. I don't know. So don't ask me when it's coming to Kickstarter. That's the the, the poster they said said Q2 for the first and Q4 for the second. Okay. But obviously those are just preliminary numbers. The first project I have with Mind Clash is is absolutely a love passion project. It's a big box expansion for Tricarian. Okay. The reason I took an acronym to them is uh, they're from Hungary, but I met them after I left the country. Basically, when Redacted came out. Uh, the aforementioned Mihai, my co-designer, uh, I asked him to, okay, so now we're these big designer dudes. We were the first ones to have an international release in, in the Hungarian scene. And uh, I was like, hey, could you go down to the next big designer meetup uh, and, and see if any of the guys are worth talking to? Like, is there anybody not a complete amateur there? And 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 he sent me back saying, "Hey, you should talk to these Mind Clash guys." And and Mind Clash showed me Tricarian a month before they put it on Kickstarter. And I was like, uh, I didn't have time to play it. And I was like, if I get what you're saying, then this might be amazing. <laughs> and when I got the game, when the Kickstarter finished, and I played it, and it, and the only game I could compare it to was Dungeon Lords, which. I absolutely adore, mm. but it was easier to teach than Dungeon Lords, although still a three, four hour game. So the, the weight didn't get lost. And I was like, holy cow, this is a top 10 game for me. Wow. So when people ask me whether I prefer Tricarion or Anachrony, I always jokingly say I prefer Tricarion, but that's because one of them I had to play for work, whereas the other one I play because I want to. <laughs> so like, obviously don't... Uh, don't take it as a uh, what you call it as a berating of my own game. I, I love it and I'm proud of it. But I absolutely adore Tricarian. That's the thing. And and I, I was reading a thread on BGG saying, oh how cool it would be if 
there was an expansion for Tukarian, and the whole thread was full of terrible ideas, like truly terrible ideas. Like, let's make another school. Um, dude, you know that... Uh, have you played Tukarian? I, I have not. Oh, you're missing out. You should. I, I'm uh, actually looking at it right now on Board Game yeah, Geek. It, 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 has, uh, token, it has square tokens where the four schools are in the four corners. So you can tell how awesome idea having a fifth school is, right? So, yeah, because so of the, the, the fifth corner of a square, right? Yes, or, 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 or we need to introduce a completely new kind of token just for that fifth player, whereas every other player is almost completely symmetric other than their custom power. Sure. So it's like, okay, no. Then there were people who like, add 20 more tricks to the deck. I'm like, you know that there are fixed a number of components and every component appears the equal number of times and uh, uh, spread across levels, schools, like in three dimension, like any dimension you look, it's equally distributed. It's like, if you add 20 more things to that, then something's going to go boom. And, 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 and I kept reading these, oh, wouldn't it be cool kind of ideas? And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, maybe, but probably no. And then it's like, okay, well, then how would I do an expansion for Tricarian? And, and then I did it because I was restless and, I, and there was another game I was struggling with. And I was like... Chuck it in the corner and okay, whatever. I'm just gonna design an expansion for Tricarium for giggles. Wow. And on the second attempt, it worked. The first attempt was like I played the game exploiting all the expansion mechanisms, and the other two people didn't care, and 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 we tied. So it was balanced, but it was completely pointless. So on the second attempt, it was like everybody should care, and and it worked. And then for half a year, I was slowly. Hey guys, maybe should make a ticket ticker and experiment. Hey guys, uh, and then eventually I I fall. One two three, one two three. Yeah, we're back. Sorry about that. My router decided it needed a little little break. So That's it, fine. Anyway, I you were you you were you were talking about how um you came up with the with the idea for Tricarian, I believe, was where we left off, or yeah. the, for the expansion. And then eventually I had to walk up to Mindclash and say, remember how I was asking for permission to do a Tricarian expansion? Well, actually, I've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always a wonderful conversation to have with your pseudo-bosses. So, uh, and, and, and then they were like, do we want somebody else to design an expansion for our game? And then on that same week, uh, I got authorization from Vlada Shatil to design an expansion for Tashkalar. Oh, so man. they were like, "Well, if you're good enough for Vlada, then I guess you're good enough for us." I mean, right? I mean, there's not there's not many bigger names in the than the gaming community than Vlada. Yes. And Tashkalar is the greatest game of all time. To take it from me, uh, and. Uh, and and then eventually they got around to playing it, and then suddenly all their doubts went away. It's like, yep, yep, we're doing this. And and this essence they announced it, which is like like butterflies and and warm heart feeling for me, because again, it's a top ten game for me. So what was more exciting for you? Was it getting the green light for the Tricarian expansion, or the opportunity of working with Vlada? What's I mean, what? How do you even compare that? That's that's not fair. Um, I'm sorry, but, but, but the Tashkalar expansion beats out everything. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's my favorite game. That's that that is my number one favorite. Well, Mage Knight is my favorite game, but you don't get to play Mage Knight. You you get to play Tashkalar. So, 
What do you mean you don't get to play Mage Knight? Like Mage Knight plays you? Is that is that what you're saying? That, that, that's part of it too. Plus, it's like it's it's a uh, each game is what two to four, two to six hours, and sure. and and your opponent will start to play the proper rules about uh, from from about their third or fifth game onwards. It takes a so, while. Yeah. For yes. Sure. Yes. The, these days, it 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 came down to I these days I get to play what two or three games of Mage Knight in a year if I'm lucky. So whereas previously I would have played like like ten or twenty of it in a year. Whereas Toshkala I still play once every two weeks. So Oh, that's awesome. Not not counting the hundreds of games I play online. So yeah. So do you do you have any plans of doing anything else with anachrony? In the short term, no. Uh, the short answer is business because the game is doing well enough. Sure. No, I, I just I just thought maybe in the back of your head you were Do like, I have a you plan? know, I... yes, I've designed three different modules for Anachrony, and the guys will pick based on what they want, what makes a good product, and what testing shows to be a good idea. I'm fairly confident in all my three ideas, but I'm sure that they have their own ideas, and we'll we'll meet in the middle. So that that would be a total of six mod six modules. No, no, for... no, no. The current no. modules are not real expansions. None of them. Maybe maybe the guardians I could categorize them as an expansion. But all the others, uh, mostly Doomsday and Pioneers, obviously, they right. are different flavors of the game. Yeah, sure. Okay, that, that makes you sense. You can tell that it was integrated into the base game from the get go. We took it out because it's a thing that you don't need to get in order to play the game. Right. No, I agree. Pioneers, they proposed, I tried it out, I loved it, we put it into the game, it was in the game for seven months, and then we took it out because, again, it's a thing that you don't need. Right, yeah, that's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite one is Pioneers. The, the way I look at it is it's for player types. The base game is a straightforward worker placement game with two tricks, the morale system and the time travel system. Right. If you want more player interaction, you add the doomsday measure, the thingy, because then you have to really care when the other guy is going to the experiment action. Right. If you want more risk-reward, what some people call fun, then you add pioneers. If you want more engine building and you get annoyed when your worker placement spots get taken, <laughs> then Guardian. you add guardians, right. because guardians makes the worker placement less critical, thus, by default, the engine building more critical. So, to me, these aren't really expansion modules. These are... You could play the game... You, Anachrony could be a more play, more interactive game, and that's Anachrony plus Doomsday. Anachrony could be a more adventuring game, that's Anachrony plus Pioneers. Anachrony can be a more of a build-your-own-engine game, in which case it's Anachrony plus Guardians. Whereas the expansions that I'm designing, at least two of the three, are closely integrated into the base game and are assumed to be always in. Same way as I'm doing the Tricarian expansion. The Tricarian expansion is not a new thing that you can do. It's a thing that everybody now does. And 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 the same. I uh, two of the three module uh, rule blocks that I'm I was gonna work on the Anachrony proper expansion in the future. Those are like this. They are fully integrated. Not not an optional side branch, but to the an expansion to the core of the game. 
Cool. Well, I, I know it's probably going to be a while before we actually hear anything about those. But Probably I'm... knowing the guy's schedules, if it appears to the public, like even just on an announcement or a, or a Kickstarter campaign or whatever in 2019, that's the earliest. Yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 2020 project. Yeah, I mean, it's still sold out. You can't you can't really find the game anywhere. Oh yeah, the third printing is coming in December, which is amazing to have continuous printings. That 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 is something which which is how I can tell that I have a few liked and successful games, but none of them do this continuous being sold out thing. And that's that's really a nice feeling to have. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I bet it is. Little teaser. Uh, one of them is future. Acrony, you can never manipulate the future in the base game. So I'm gonna give you ability to manipulate the future. And Whoa. then the other one is warping actions. So you can it's it and this is different than using your buildings no, to travel back in time? Warping an action in the in the in turn four, you build a building in turn one. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get the idea, kind of. I just that's something I think I would need to see actually happening before I could really yeah. wrap yeah, my head around it. But that's that's awesome. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Um, time travel is supposed to make your head hurt. It it absolutely is. And I was I was actually concerned that my uh, my wife was going to hate your game because she doesn't like time travel. But the game was it was too good. She didn't. She loves it. Thank so. you. Yeah. And every now and then somebody points out that you can win the game without time traveling. And my answer is, yes, you can, but why would you? Yeah, that's true. Um, the The first couple times that I played solo, um, I I time traveled a lot and I got my butt, I just got my butt kicked. And then another time I didn't time travel at all and I lost by a little bit less, but it wasn't nearly as fun. Um and and if you time travel well, then you score even more points. That's true. If you if you end up closing those paradoxes, you end up with a lot more points. That's that's for sure. So that's the idea. So that's that's project number one that you carry an expansion, and project number two, which I am now at liberty to almost completely discuss finally, is a game called Perseverance. I I saw you mention that in one of your posts while you were at um at Essen. Yes, I, I I do the. The guerrilla marketing all the time. I I am begging for people to ask me about it. Well, uh, please tell me about perseverance. First of all, it's a co-design between myself and the, the Belgian superpowered duo of Thomas van der Gista and Wolf Plank, whom you may have heard of as the designer of Yido and this year Dragon's Gate College. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm very happy that their star is rising because that means that we'll rise together. And uh, it's a dice. I'm not gonna, not gonna say drafting, but it's more of a dice placement game, which is also an area control game, which is also an adventuring uh, game, and it also has dinosaurs. Uh I mean that sounds that sounds uh, ambitious. So mechanically, it's a it's a medium heavy worker placement euro game, but it doesn't do anything like other worker placement games. Can like, can you can you expand on that? 
So the core mechanism—I'm uh, unwilling to discuss too much of the theme because obviously that's gonna be tinkered by the geniuses at Mind Clash Games again. Sure. But but the core mechanism—I know that there will be dinos in it because I've, we finally managed to make it thematically integrated. That it's not just some random cubes called dinos, but they actually do dino-like things. Uh, so, but but the thing that I'm obviously the most proud of uh, is the core mechanism. Which is how it all started, because Thomas showed me a prototype, and I was like, "Cool! Can we chuck everything from this game except that one thing and build a new <laughs> game around that?" And we built a new game around that. Uh, so the idea is that uh, that uh, in normal dice placement games, everybody rolls their own dice, and when it's their turn, place it. Right? Alien Frontiers, Euphoria, blah blah blah. I could probably name a few more if I thought. Sure. In Perseverance. You roll your dice, you add it to the pool, and then you roll a bunch of neutral dice and add it to the pool. And when it's your turn, you pick one die, any one die from the pool, and place it on a worker placement spot. Some worker placement spots are limited to uh, certain faces of the die, different type of workers. And, uh, And you take the action. And you can pay to turn a die, but that's very expensive and you don't want to do it often. And the thing is, at the end of every round, which is when the pool empties, so it's like, can be a lot of actions, considering you can, some actions return other dice to the pool, so it takes a while until a round ends. The whole game is five rounds only, uh, and four or five. And when the round ends, basically all the dice are somewhere, then we score based on area control. Who uh, the 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 work the actions are grouped into uh, locations, and if I have more of my colored dice on a location than anybody else, then I score points for it. So just just more total dice, not more value or numbers. No, no, no the, the dice aren't numbered; they are different worker icons. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, so. And one of the many actions you can take is take out a white die from the pool and play put in one of your colored dice. Which will so have this... more like workers that are good for for you? No, because you can use any workers, so this doesn't make you more powerful for actions, but it makes you more powerful area control. Because there will come a point ah. where the opponent says that I really need an engineer worker. But the only die showing an engineer is yours. Gotcha. That's cool. That sounds really exciting. Really? That, that, that's the thing. Like, like when, 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 this mechan- when I saw this mechanism in a much smaller and much simpler form at one of Thomas's prototypes, I was like, holy hell, that is amazing. And, and, and we built a heavy euro around it because it's what we do. And then Mind Clash was like, that's cool. Uh, we agreed on a new theme because the original one was, again, boring because because designers and then they were like <laughs> now that we have this cool theme of this uh, lost world-esque island why wouldn't we go and explore that island ah so you want adventuring integrated into the core yes and and previously it was like uh, uh, you you mounted these expeditions you got certain resources together and then you shared on some points and we're like, instead of just saying get A, B, and C together to get some points, can we use the A, B, and C to 
make our hero stronger and let the hero go out into the jungle and explore. So that 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 was that was a mere seven months to figure out in a balanced way that it's not snowballing. It's not it doesn't take five minutes to resolve a single exploration. It it is not too weak. It's not too strong. But finally, finally, by the end of summer, we got to a point where it's working. So you can build up the city. The 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 more you partake in building the city, the easier it is to influence certain areas. Uh, the more of your color dice there is, the easier it is to influence the areas. And you can reinvest your resources either into more buildings or into leveling up your hero. And if you level up your, like, give supplies and weapons and whatnot to the hero, then you can send him out to the jungle where he'll find you better dinosaurs, where he'll find you victory points, where he'll find you cheaper resources, which you can then reinvest into your buildings. And, you know, so it's still a Euro game, but because of that area control mechanism, it's it feels a lot more interactive than your daddy's dice placer. Right. So one thing you said, you said he goes out into the jungle to get new dinosaurs, to get better dinosaurs. Does that mean you get to use these dinosaurs as as pets or something like that? Uh, you can use uh, in the in, in with the current thematic justification. You can use them as either ride the beasts by the hero, or you can assign them to certain kind of buildings where they provide where they work for you and provide the passive benefit. Are you telling so me? Like, are you telling me that you're going to make a game where I get to ride a T Rex into battle? Obviously, that, oh the, the, my the, God. the moment we said the word "dino," we knew that there would be somebody <laughs> riding at the dino, the T Rex into battle. Uh, no, yeah, never question. Yeah, you have to ride a T Rex into battle if you can. Exactly, because because as soon as we agreed on the theme, uh, Dinosaur Island and Dinogenics came out, and we we're like, "Holy crap! Is dinos the new Vikings?" Right? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of dinosaur stuff. But all the dinosaur stuff are Jurassic Park games. Yeah, there's the um the journey or escape from one million BC. That's uh there's some dinos there. That's not really Jurassic Park like. Okay, fact that I haven't heard of it yet means that their marketing machine may not be a danger. I'm sorry, I'm sure it's a very good game. I mean, it's I... It, it it's a it's a co-op game. It's not not super um, heavy. Of co-op, different different market. We're we're not worried about co-op games. Oh no no no! Of course not. It was just it was a dinosaur game that that I have played that what didn't have uh, didn't have that Jurassic Park building mechanic to it. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the big 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 project. The game is now with Minecraft. So the, so as soon as they finish the final brushes on Cerebria, then. Mm. Then we need a few months to work on Tricarium, but there we pretty much know what we want. And then after that, for the most of next year, we'll be working on this. On Perseverance. I'm excited about that one. So Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around everything you just told me about Perseverance. So it sounds like you have like um, leveling up or action point allowance um worker or dice dice placement is is the board modular when you said explore that's one thing i wondered there are two boards the one board shows the city which has basic actions on it and uh, there are two type of buildings one of which builds your own engine one of which extends the main board okay uh, so it is kind of modular but not like not made out of hexes or anything gotcha 
and then the other board, the exploration, the current version has a layout of the island, and and then you place hexes on it that are the actual adventures that you do. And then the adventure is have three of icon one and two of icon two, and then you can pull two of silver rewards. So it's still a Euro game. It's not a adventure game. Right. But it's it once you imagine the pretty theme and the beautiful production and uh, everything on it in the quality that you come to expect from Mindclash, then we can guarantee that it'll feel like an adventure. Right. So does this game, is it taking place in like BC? No, it's like a lost world kind of island that this luxury liner crash lands on and then the people have to build a city out of the remnants of the ship. Gotcha. At least, again, theme is always subject to development because it has to make sense. It's not enough to sound cool on paper. It has to make sense when you're playing game. No, and I, 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 that's something I can definitely appreciate. I don't like games that don't, that don't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. To me, that's make or break. Like small inconsistencies can suffer, but if it's like, okay, what are we doing? Then the game has to be amazing for me to overlook it. Like Concordia, I can overlook that the actions have no connection to the theme because the game is so good that it's all right. Right. It doesn't matter to you that it doesn't make sense. But Concordia is probably the exception to the rule. Right. To me. Whereas in most other games, it bothers the hell out of me. (laughs) Uh, So... I told you all I have about Mind Clash projects. Now it's on you if you want to ask about my non-Mind Clash projects. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you? So I, you did mention earlier that you had projects that were quote unquote Mind Clash worthy. Um, what are some of your? I mean, if I have a seventy-minute uh, one mechanism trick medium light euro. Minecraft doesn't need that game, and I don't need Minecraft for that game. That doesn't make the game less good. It's just right. different market segment. That's what I meant by Minecraft royalty. They they are my top segment for for various complexity and size and price and epicness. That that makes there sense. Is, that there is a place for non completely epic games in the world too. Oh, absolutely. What so what what is your not completely epic game that you're most excited about right now that you're working on. Right now, I'm always excited about the next one to come out because that's the one I can count down the days towards. Oh. And the next one to come out is a sequel to Days of Aya. Have you heard of Days of Aya? I have heard of it. I have not played it, but I've heard of it. Uh, it's Night's it's n- a one versus many game. Okay. In a historical setting, 1956 Hungary. And uh, the team plays as Hungarian revolutionaries uh, organizing the uprising against the Soviets. And it can be either played fully cooperatively against a bot, in which case it's a more gamery pandemic, I would say. Okay. And like some people said that they enjoyed it more. I obviously can't judge. Uh, and uh, But the way I like it is that you can play it in one versus many setting, in which case the one player plays a Twilight Struggle-esque card management game, setting up the problems for the other team to solve. 
And is there something new you're doing with with Days of Ire? We're doing a sequel to it. Okay. Because uh, in history, the way the revolution went is that for seven days, they were uh, trying to uh, put the pressure by force onto the Soviets. And then after seven days, they were like, all right, we're out of here. We don't need this. And they left. And then the new government that tried to become more independent had some two bold ideas. And then four days later, the Soviets were like, okay, that's enough. And they invaded again. And the second game is about the 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 Soviet counterattack, which I don't know how much you know about history, but when the Red Army attacks a country, then you know there are not many options there. So this is basically a, a no-win scenario for the Hungarians. It's a matter of how fast they die. Oh, <laughs> so so it's a very very happy game. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> because, again, the Red Army besieges the city and starts shooting apart the buildings and with everyone inside. Yeah. it's And in reality, it took one and a half days. That's that's what we're talking about, because that's what happens when, when the full, full might of the Soviet army attacks you. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, uh, and the game is about one or two players controlling... Uh, the Hungarian defenders that are blocks because they're hiding away in buildings so that the Soviet sees where they are, but they don't know which one is where. And uh, the Hungarian is trying to run around, kind of staying alive, but more importantly, uh, hitting the Soviets at the right time to to stop their advance and uh, uh, getting enough control together to take off the, uh, the civilians from the board, signifying that the people are fleeing to the Austrian border. Gotcha. So you just said you have to save enough people to 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 win this. Yes, this game? the game ends when all Hungarian fighters die, and at which point they score points for how many uh, uh, civilians they rescue, rescued and how many times have they managed to counterattack the 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 Soviet tanks. And if that's more than X, then they considered to have won. And again, it can be played against a live Soviet opponent or against an automated AI. And my favorite way to play is the live Soviet opponent, obviously, because then we made a different, very cool mechanism for the Soviet uh, player where he gets a hand of 12 tactics cards. He picks six to, that he will play in some order uh, and, he, and he shuffles the other six and whenever he attacks then he flips the top card of the shuffled cards and those have the attack values on it. So you're basically building your own die. If okay. you're taking strong actions then your die is crappy and if you're taking crappy actions then you're taking crappy actions. And and you have to balance the two. Yeah, that's the, it. And, I mean, and that's, it's obviously gonna yeah. It, it sounds intense, is what it sounds like to me. Yes, yes, it's, it's 60, 70 minutes long. Uh, myself and one or two of the playtesters have figured out how to reasonably reliably beat the bot so now we're working on like alternative setups and all and uh, and small like optional rule tweaks to keep the game going but most of our playtesters are like patting themselves on the backs that they are no longer losing by half the points 
Okay. How does so, the yeah. um the the bot work in this one compared to a game like the one that I always think of as Anachrony when I talk when I think about solo play well, these Anachrony days? Well, Anachrony has an Automa-like uh, uh, opponent, whereas uh, whereas uh, Knights of Fire always had to have a war game like bot, but because we want to sell it to Euro gamers and Euro solo gamers as well, and you can't plop a three-page flowchart in front of a Euro solo gamer because he'll go like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so, the hell, I love light war games, but even I only play those flowchart games if somebody made it into a, a EXE on my computer that follows the flowchart for me. Uh, so the, the, the thing was not to have a giant flowchart for the AI. So uh, what I've done instead is that there are 12 cards, each of them with a teeny tiny little decision tree, like two ifs and that's it. And at the beginning of the round, you shuffle those 12 cards and you put three cards face down, two cards face up, so that the player knows roughly what's coming. And then on every time it's the bot's turn, it randomly picks one of the five cards and executes it. Gotcha. And and this is surprisingly similar to what I've done in the solo mode for Cerebria, because I haven't designed Cerebria, but I have designed it solo mode. I wondered if you had anything to do with that. I, I didn't, like, the game was, well, not ready. I, I, I played it once or twice during development, but... I've played it, what, five times total. They've played it five trillion times. So, sure. so, no, I'm not a designer on that game, but I offered to do a solo mode for it because I think solo games sell better. And uh, they were like, sure, why not? And because I was working, I was at the time very, very stuck on Knights of Fire's bot, the two helped each other because they're both area control-like medium heavy tactical games where the sole thing informing your decision is your opponent's moves cool. so the fact that these two things in Cerebria I made 12 cards with small decision trees on them uh, just the selection mechanism is slightly different alright uh, so, have... yep. go ahead go ahead uh, in in Cerebral, we're still tweaking the the differences, but it's basically gonna be you place three card, uh, two cards face down, one card face up, and then if you play few actions on your turn, then only the face down ones get executed. If you play many actions on your turn, then the face downs and the face up one. So there is one card that you know whether you can afford to suffer or not. Okay, so definitely some decision making and how strong your actions you want to take. Exactly. That's that's the to me. I'm not a big solo gamer myself, but the whole reason I like designing solo games is because the smart decisions have to be a lot smarter in order for a solo game to be not boring. Yeah, that's true. And and at Anachrony, it was basically I stumbled onto the fact that having those tokens on the board lets you predict the bot's movements as opposed to in, say, Viticulture, where you just flip a card and it tells you what the bot does. Right. But since then, I've been more and more aggressively focusing on making predictable bots. Okay. Do you, do and, you have any, uh, any other games yep. um, that you're working on other than Knights of Fire? Uh, well, Petricor, I'm no longer actively working on because it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, shipping to the backers in a month. 
uh, again, a game I didn't design, but I did the solo mode for it, and then I did the exp the mini expansion for it together with the original designer. And it's about a game where you control clouds. I remember seeing that one on, on Kickstarter. Yes, and if you missed out, then you really missed out, because because uh, uh, the lead designer, David Kirkop, you might have heard of him from And Then We Held Hands or Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, I've heard of Pursuit are, of Happiness. Which are both very good games. Now, Petricor is a lot better than them. Like, those are good games, and this is like, when I first played it, I was like, dude, you did it. And, uh, and, and because we're very good friends and, and he helped develop Days of Fire, I helped develop Petricor, and I kept tinkering with it, and then one day I was like, I did a solo mode, do you want it? And then when 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 the Kickstarter crunch happened, and we need to come up with more content, then the expansion we designed together, and and I'm very happy with how it turned out. He's very happy, so I'm sure there will be more to come there from Patricor. I have no official announcements yet on that form, but but I know we have plans. Awesome. Other than that, there's one more game already announced for next year is Dice Settlers from NSKN Games. It's uh, my original elevator pitch was Quarriers but not random. Okay. That 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 got me through the door and when I said roll for the galaxy but interactive, that got the game signed. Oh, that's all it took, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so the idea is that uh, you have a bag. The bag has differently colored dice. Uh, the color decides what are the faces on it. And uh, on your turn, you pull a bunch of dice. You roll that. Well, at the beginning of the round, you pull a bunch of dice. You roll them. That's your hand. And when it's your turn, you play one action, which is one or multiple dice. And there are dice manipulation powers. There are draw new dice powers. Uh, there is a map where you can place tents and settlements. And if you expand onto differently colored tiles, then that allows you to buy differently colored dice, which you can customize your engine with. You can gather resources. The resources you can trade for victory points in, again, Roll for the Galaxy style. Or uh, And there's a tech tree. I, I, I was... Uh, the thing I was going for was the Eminent Domain's insane amount of tech cards which you can combo up. And then all my players were like, it's nice for you, but we don't know all 45 cards by heart. So eventually what we ended up doing is we split the, four, the, the 40 cards into four categories. And there is two cards from every category available in that game and nothing else. So that skyrocketed the replayability because there was no longer any... Ooh, I think I should play the, I don't know, the farm tech strategy, so I'll take card 7 first and then 12 second, because it was no longer your choice what card you took. You have to look at the eight available cards and figure out an engine from them. It's almost like, are you still here? I am here. I'm just I'm just listening and trying to picture, okay, okay. picture everything you're saying. Uh, so, it's... <laughs> It, it has the element of dominion where you have to figure out what can I build from this. Mm -hmm. It has the element of uh, roll for the galaxy where how do I what 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 pool of dice do I need to build so that the odds are with me that I can do the action that I want to do. Okay. It has the element of quarriers where I'm deck building a bunch of dice. Right. 
but unlike any of the games I mentioned, it has an interactive board which we area control. Yeah, I, I, I do like the uh, the area control mechanic in, in games. That's and it. and uh, while when I do area control, I try not to do simple area majority because because it had, there has to be something more than I put a cube, you put a cube. But in this game, the area control is not the goal, but the tool. Oh, okay. The goal is to set up a victory point engine, which partially comes from the control of the map, partially comes from getting higher techs, and partially comes from trading your resources. All of which depends on the efficiency of your dice bag. And so, like like a deck builder, you can you can remove dice and replace dice and things like that yes, over time. But you can also increase the number of dice you pull in a round. Oh, okay. And, and and yes, it's easier to remove a die, but rolling the same five round dice every round is not as good as rolling the same eight dice every round. That's true. So you st- I think with the current numbers, you, I think you start pulling with four maybe, and you start with five or six dice. So you could go down to four and pull all of them every round, or you could take a little more effort and pull more. And again, that's that's diff- that neither of them is a good or a bad move. Just just depends on what you need, right? Yes, and and if you spend all your effort increasing your pool size, and meanwhile you only have two or three colored hexes out of the five colors, then maybe the action you need is most common on one of the dice that you don't have access to. So, again, it's it's this is probably my, my tightest design yet because, like, everything touches everything on it. Right. And which is, which is, I think, what appeals to NSKN because the lead guy there likes those kind of games and, and he immediately got what I was going for. Probably my shortest ever design in in how long it took to get from idea to pitch. I think it was like a month and a half. Wow. Compared, so compared it, with the two years I sat on the macaroni before I took it to Minecraft, I then set another year on it. Right. So a month and a half to get from just an idea to where you're able to, to play a concept? Or no, play no, no. A-, a month and a half from the day I came up with the idea to the day I signed the game. Oh jeez, that's uncanny. <laughs> yes, that was uncanny. So, so which which means that I have a huge faith in this game because because there was nobody ever had anything wrong with it. I think the only big development they to, did to it is that they changed my squares to hex, so that the map can take weirder shapes. Oh well, that's I mean that's barely a change. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, they asked if we can introduce a new die. We tried it out, and then they were like, "Nah, the original was better." Yeah. So in, and I'm going back to an acronym again. You you have the the four different types of workers. I'm kind of seeing a, a a similarity between rolling a dice and you get to place. You know, whatever whatever comes up, you get to use that action. Um, whereas in an acronym, you're deciding what what worker you want to use. Um, do you do you like the randomness of it, or do you like just it's being able to decide? It's not randomness. It's it's first of all the on your starting dices, the most common icon is the change a different change another die. We have a basic icon. Last time I called it a pioneer icon. I don't know what the final rules will call it, and you can use one pioneer die to change another die to any face, okay. or you can use two pioneer dice as any icon. Oh, okay. So, 
the problem with couriers, I really wanted to love couriers, but if I have an awesome engine because I bought lots of money dice and I got a lot of money and I spent that money to buy seven dragons, whereas you went around and bought five toads, if I roll the weakest face of all seven of my dragons and you roll the strongest face of all five of your toads, then you'll kick my butt with it. Oh, okay. And I haven't played Dice Masters. I don't know if it fixed it, but Couriers was not working because of this to right. any serious strategy gamers. Like right. It was nice, a nice fluff, but not much more. Whereas in Dice Settlers, there is no such thing as a bad face. There is such thing as you build a mishmash of an engine and it's not good enough for either. But but that's entirely on you. Like at least either specialize on something or or have conversion powers or have uh, things on the map that you can do without dice. Like if you have none of those, then it's not bad luck. It's you've been playing terribly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've definitely done that before in games. Made terrible. So decisions. yes, I love dice that aren't a source of randomness me yeah me too i'm not a big fan of just things that are completely random uh rule for the galaxy as far as non-interactive games go is again in a top 10 for me but only when i play with experienced players sure because because uh, with non-experienced players it's they sometimes get lucky with their rolls, build something sometimes they get unlucky and then i triple their scores <laughs> but with with experienced players, the only randomness in the game is the which ties you pull first. Okay. Dice doesn't matter anymore. It's not a source of randomness. It's a scoring of your engine. Right. If there is any if there is any big chance that you can roll bad, then your engine is wrong. Okay, you just gotta just gotta learn from your mistakes. Exactly, and 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 that sort of die rolling, I'm completely okay with. Whereas, I attack you, does it succeed? That's a terrible way to roll. Yeah, yeah. But again, there are games where it has its place. Um, if I'm working on a quick, let's say, thematic something where I just need a, a, a quick resolution of does this succeed, and you can probably tell up ahead whether it will or not, then that 10% or 30% uncertainty can be introduced by a die, but if you fail, it shouldn't lose you victory points. It shouldn't kill you. It shouldn't... It should force you onto different strategies. So, and I might be saying that because I'm working on a game like that, but that hasn't been announced yet, so... Oh, jeez. This, this, this I want to know all the things. Well, I'll tease the fact that my <laughs> co-designer is more famous than me. Vlada? I mean, that's the person I think of when you say that because we talked no, about him. No, with Vlada, I'm only working on, on more more and more Tashkalar. Tashkalar. Yeah. More if it, if I mean, up, more famous. If it's than... up to me, there will be Tashkalar expansions coming into 2030. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I love the game. I want to make expansions for it forever. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try and figure out who the, the designer is who's more famous than you. I just, there's, I, I don't feel like I could guess. 
Well, an acronym is on 108 on BGG, so just look at the 100 before me and face uh, ah. it. Okay. Anywho, uh, <laughs> yeah, so so announced for next year is Dice Settlers, Knights of Fire, Tricarion, and Perseverance, and hopefully another Tashkalar deck, but that, 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 that hasn't been announced yet or confirmed, so I can't tell, like, rather might play it and say, no, this is not a good idea, and, and then I'm out. <laughs> he's, he's brutally honest. I love the guy. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I believe it. So... This is uh, there was a, a short little video I saw um, where you and Vlada were being interviewed. I think it was at Essen. Um, yeah, that are, was the Essen presentation. Are, um, are you the first, the first person he's worked with, or is he does not work with people often? Uh, uh, Codenames Duet was designed by a random fan, about like a guy who makes home mods of games. As far as I know, sorry if I. Okay. said it wrong and then he sent it to cg and asked them if he can publish it and cg played it and they said no you can't it's too good uh, oh wow and 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 then vlada got involved and that game turned into codenames duet okay that's that's Where, not whereas my approach the... was whereas my approach was hey may i design uh uh, an expansion for Tashkalar and because I knew that they li- love an acronym and because I pitched a few games to them that they didn't take for business reasons not for gaming reasons uh, I had faith that I could get through the door plus at the time I didn't know about Codenames Duet so at the time I thought I was, would be the first co-designer of Vlada So did you work pretty closely with, with, with Vlada on the Tashkalar expansion? Yeah, yeah, yeah It uh, initially it was I designed the deck, sent it over to him. He sent back saying it's all wrong. Then I designed a new <laughs> edit, sent it over to him, sent it back saying it's all wrong. And then eventually he got enthusiastic about it and then started coming up with his own ideas, which are very, very hard to have better than. But right, I mean, how? Yeah, how do you? How do you top? Like, how do you top him? The problem is that the moment he starts saying a sentence. Before the sentence lands, you realize that that's exactly what you should have said a minute ago. Right. It's like, yes, that is exactly what I wanted to say too. Every now and then he says that, oh, we should maybe think about that and then, then we can have a nice back and forth. And I had two chances to do that in person over the last year. And those are like the greatest days ever. But yeah, it, it was more of a... He plays it, says, I hate card X, then then offers option A and B, and I'm like, yeah, option A was the good one, and you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then, I could uh, see it coming, and then offer an option C before, and, and then he would say, yeah, that's a nice idea, and then build it in. But it's the, th- the thing is with Tashkalar, that I have you played Tashkalar? That's another game I'm going to have to play. Yes, it is, again, the greatest game of all time. Uh, and uh, it's the reason it works so well, it's because it has very well defined like what can happen in the game and what cannot happen in the game. And uh, because of that, whenever I try to come up with something radically new card, he says, no, you can't do that because... And and because he tried it and it makes the analysis paralysis too long, or it makes the game not undoable, or or it uh, it introduces an extra source of randomness or something. 
but if I only play with the tools that he already invented, then any card I put together has an obvious best way to be put together, which is how he would put it together. So the challenge for me was coming up one little idea that is not far out of Tashkalar's concept and then modeling that idea with Tashkalar's toolkit. So how long did it, did it take you before y'all came well, up with your final idea? Well, the final idea we came up, well, the Etherweave's idea is time travel. Obviously, it came out of a discussion when somebody asked me, hey, are you just going to make time travel games from now on? And I was like, yes, yeah, sure, I'm going to make a uh, warping uh, ticket to ride, and then I'm going to make a warping <laughs> Tashkalar. And I'm like, holy crap, I can actually make a warping Tashkalar. Mm. And and that that's how it started. And then he played it, and he said, "This is too crazy. This this makes a game into an anything with anything, and and we need to make it more like the other decks, like less unique." And 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 that's what we did. And and then the like the the final wordings of the cards came together four hours before the game went into print. So we were playing it like ten hours every day for the lo- uh, for the final two weeks. Wow. So. It's it's crazy. What what is the name of the new Tashkalar expansion? Ether weave. Ether weave. They that's right. Bend space and time. They weave the ether. They weave the ether. Yeah. What's well, that sounds that sounds fun. I mean, you got you, you just added some uh, about what three new games for me to buy now and <laughs> four or five to look forward to in the next couple of years. Well, Kitchen Rush is out at this Essen, so that's not an upcoming game. I don't need to. Mm-hmm. Buzz it, but I can tell you that it's fun. I, that, I'm, I, I'm waiting on that one. That was that was one that we backed. Cool. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Knights, Settler, Die Settlers, Perseverance, Tricarian. Probably, probably more Petricor, probably more Toshkalar, but those are not confirmed yet. So I'm yeah. I'm looking at my own notes if there is anything I haven't told you. Yeah. <laughs> And there are a couple I'm designing right now that I'm not at liberty to discuss. Okay. Well, you have to let me know when you are at liberty to, to discuss so we can we can get caught up. Well, follow my Facebook feed and... Uh, I'm sure I'll see it. Yeah. Cool. Well, David, uh, thanks a lot for, for talking with us and letting us know what's, Thank you. what's going on. I'll uh, I'll definitely keep, keep, keep track of your Facebook and everything else and look into getting these games that I obviously need to play. Cool. Well, most of my games are coming from the same three or four publishers. So, well, hopefully, I'll even expand that list next year. So, when is when is Dice Dice Settlers? Is that is that next year? Dice, is that- Dice Settlers is aiming for I think February or March, twenty eighteen. Oh, that's 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 soon. Yeah, the Knights of Fire is January. Uh, Dice Settlers is 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 February or March, and then Tricarian is April, and then then. We're busy until Essen, and then after, and then either before or after Essen Perseverance, and then we go into 2019. I already have one wow. 2019 game signed, and I'm hoping to get another one soon. Well, that's that's uh, that's awesome. I'm really excited for you. And thank you very much. Thanks again. Hey, it's it's like Christmas time for me to enthusiastically talk about the stuff that are continuously churning in my brain anyway. No, that's that's awesome. I'm mean, it's uh, you can hear the excitement in your voice. 
and that's what that's one of the things I think that makes uh at least the game of your the games of yours that I played made made him so fun is that you you really love it. Yep, thank you very much, and and hope you get a chance at trying out my other stuff. Don't forget about Redacted and Microfilms, the oldies but goldies. <laughs> Redacted and Microfilms. Yes, those are my first two. The first before two. before Anachrony put me on the map. Right. Okay. I'm gonna write those down right now. Redacted and Microfilms. Obviously, especially Redacted has a few newbie mistakes that could have been smoother. But basically, the only kind of feedbacks we got from Redacted was either we don't get it, it must be a terrible game, or we got it, it's amazing. Gotcha. So it sounds but, like but, if if you understand how to actually play the game, that, that yeah. you're in, that you're enjoying it. And 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 that's what I've tried to learn since: how to make a game that cannot be so badly misunderstood. Sure. There. You know, whenever somebody says this game only works with certain groups, then at the back of my mind, I think then it must be a bad game. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, hey, Redacted only works with certain groups. So, you know, you learn. That's- yeah, I mean, I, I think ideally you make a game that everyone loves. That's, you know, that's that's an ideal kind of scenario. But some people just don't like certain things. And that's... Oh, no, no, I'm not talking about taste. I'm talking about people who wanted to love it, but either the rulebook wasn't clear enough okay. or the, the interactions in the game not leading you to play well. And, and in Redacted, it's possible to wander around aimlessly if you don't know what you're doing. Whereas, whereas, whereas when I put three of my uh, strong personality friends together with myself, explain them the rules, they are all heavy gamers, so they get the rules despite being so many, then they love the crap out of it because because they all push. So so Redacted doesn't push you, you need to push. Whereas, whereas these days I'm, I'm trying to make sure that all of my games has big flashing arrows saying, look, here is the fun. <laughs> here it is, I promise, it's here. Yeah, and, and not, 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 not trusting you to define the fun for yourself. Because <laughs> what if you don't? Anywho, I'll, I'll stop talking, or or please stop me talking, because otherwise I will never. You will, uh, you'll never stop talking? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> All right, David. Well, um, I, I, once again, I really appreciate you, you talking with me today. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to all your new stuff coming out, and um, good luck in the future with everything that you're working on. Cool. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody else, for listening. All right. Bye, David. Bye-bye.